Hello and welcome to another Expert Insights show. Each show, your host Donna Hansen interviews an expert on the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and profit both in business and personally. And now, here's your host, Donna Hansen. Hello and welcome to this Expert Insight Show. I'm Donna Hansen. In this Expert Insight Show, we speak to speaker, theaterpreneur, and story coach Simone de Haas. Simone de Haas has a brilliance with stage and story that has been honed by a creatively inspired career of over 30 years. She's a multi award winning theatre director producer and performer, as well as an acting coach for film, television and theatre. She's won industry theatre industry awards including the coveted Matilda Award for Directing, Acting and Design and an ABC Radio Bell Award for Best Production and Best Director. As the Speaker's Director, Simone designs and facilitates purposeful storytelling for leaders and teams programs, which she's delivered across Australia and New Zealand. Her clients span local government, hospitality, finance, SMEs, real estate, solopreneurs, multi-level marketing companies, as well as the creative industries. As a highly acclaimed theatre director, Simone has directed major productions of Les Miserables, Cats, West Side Story, Into the Woods and The Sound of Music. Simone has worked as a lecturer acting at Griffith University in the Queensland Conservatorium for the Bachelor of Musical Theatre and as a sessional lecturer for the Queensland University of Technology and Performing Studies as well as guest director for the Opera Studio at the University of Southern Queensland. Today we're having a chat with Simone about how storytelling can increase your own and your organisation's productivity. Welcome Simone. Hi, Donna. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's lovely to get an opportunity to have a conversation around storytelling. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I, and I'm sure many of our listeners are curious, how did you come to be working in theatre? Was there a trigger event as a child that made you say, this is what I want to do? Oh, well, definitely. And theatre is certainly not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it's quite a challenging career to choose. But I suppose the turning point for me was actually in uh, when I was 20 and it was my very first visit to New York. My mum and I decided to go and visit my brother who was working over in New Jersey. And he took us into New York for the day and we went to see my very first Broadway production and it was A Chorus Line. Wow. Now, A Chorus Line is one of those um, iconic stories of people sharing their story from the stage and then hoping against hope that they'll be picked for the next production. And there was something about the rawness and the vulnerability and, and the sheer theatricality of that particular production. I don't remember walking out of that theatre. I think I floated out of that theatre. But that story and the stories of those particular performances stayed with me for days and days. And I remember distinctly, and it was such a turning point for me, I remember distinctly thinking to myself, that is what I want to do. I want to be involved in theatre. That is one of what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I suppose so then I started to look at opportunities for how I could bring theatre more into my life and what I needed to do to actually make that a reality. Wow. 
Wow, that's a, such a <laughs> such an amazing thing. And and at that time, did you have any? Because you said you were twenty at that time. Were you working? Did you have any other insights? What you know? What were your plans? Well. Yeah, well, I had actually discovered the world of theatre. Uh, I, well, I discovered music and singing and piano playing in primary school. I won a talent competition for writing my own um, my own piece of music and playing it at the Talent Quest in primary school. In year eight, I then won a talent quest for singing at my high school in my first year and discovered music theatre at school, they started to produce a show every couple of years and I auditioned and got into that and I thought, oh, wow, this is such a magical world. I'd had no experience of it up until that point. And so I decided to do some singing um, studies and I was already doing dancing and it was just a natural flow of all of those things coming together. I left school and decided I wanted to be a teacher and I managed that for a while all of like 10 months and realised it was just not for me and decided to just move into working full-time instead. And I was very lucky and landed in a role almost straight away due to some contacts I already had in government. And, and so it wasn't long after that that I then decided to go to New York and that's when everything's really coalesced, I suppose, into essentially I discovered my purpose in that moment. Wow, wow. Um, and for a lot of people, they don't discover their purpose until much later in life, if at all. That's true. And, and I think that's where you know, I've been incredibly fortunate that I knew very early on that this was always going to be part of my life. How exactly that was going to pan out, I had no idea. And so I've always just followed the energy of this is what I'm going to do uh, for now and see where it takes me. Mm. So how did you make the move or the shift from theatre to corporate storytelling and training as a, a business? Was it a sliding doors type moment? <laughs> no, a great analogy. But uh, no, actually, I've always had then since that moment when I then moved into working full time, I've essentially always had a foot in both worlds. So it's less of a sliding doors, more of a parallel track. Right. And so I've always had one foot very firmly in the world of the theatre and one foot in the world of corporate. So while I was developing my theatre skills, I got accepted into the conservatorium as one of their soloists uh, in my early 20s, not long after I came back from New York. And I auditioned for them and was accepted into that and then thought, oh, wow, well, I'll, I'll go and learn at the conservatorium. And at the same time, I also auditioned for a musical theatre project with a community group and got accepted into that as a lead as a lead role as well. So I had all of these. That was a bit of a sliding doors, I suppose. I had these opportunities that I had to make a choice. Which one would I choose and how would that impact on what I wanted to do with my life? And I chose the music theatre because that just spoke to me more strongly than being an opera singer. Mm. And but at the same time, I was working full time. So I had these opportunities to essentially develop and grow in what I was passionate about, but also learn the world of um, corporate and what it took to work with teams and what it took to ultimately develop a business. So over time, as both of those strands of my careers developed, I would cross over and I would work sometimes exclusively in theatre and other times when money was tight and 
I ended up deciding I wanted to own a unit and own some property. I would go back and work in the corporate world for a series of years and then swap back again. And so over time, these two career paths essentially were so um, deeply connected and deeply entwined that to me, it's all part and parcel of what I do. And so it was a natural progression more than a shift, I suppose, of then bringing all of the skills and talents that I have in the world of the theatre into how can this assist corporations? How can it assist people to speak what it is that they're passionate about or develop more purpose around their careers or helping teams work better together and leaders speak their truths. Well, that's an interesting backstory and progression to, I guess, what my next question is. And and that's, why is storytelling important, Simone? And and how can it increase our own and our organisational productivity? Well, the key thing about storytelling is that it can drive change. And leadership is essentially or largely about creating change. And I think every organisation, every uh, business is in a constant state of some kind of change. We need to be in order to be able to continue to grow. So being able to use storytelling strategically is a really effective way to help garner people's support for change, to help teams understand how their role fits within the greater role of the organisation. And it can also help people understand and, and I suppose, visualise what that transformational change might look like and help them get more comfortable with the concept of that change and the concept of what the future is going to look like in their minds. And so how that relates to productivity is that You spend less time, if you can share a really well-crafted strategic story, you can get people on board a lot faster than if you just try and force lists of things like to-do lists or data down their throats. You know, people disengage very quickly and our brains don't understand lists. They, They can't, after about three or four items on a list, we tune out. Whereas where our brains are hardwired for stories, you know, we use stories from, we've used stories for eons for thousands and thousands of years to actually uh, provide information and to help create connections. So it's no surprise that then in an organisation, if we can tell a really good story, we can actually share knowledge, we can describe the pain points that need to be addressed we can deliver resolutions for a problem and also convey a a sense of culture. All of this helps underpin a more productive organisation. It helps us to get clarity on what it is that we're trying to uh, bring through for an an organisation. And, of course, it helps uh, to pin the organisation's values to whatever that uh, company narrative might be. Mm, that's that's really interesting. I have a question around the word story, because mm. um, you know I don't. I'm I'm curious as to whether story creates a connotation for people around fantasy versus reality. Um, is that something that you've come across, or, or is there some sort of way that you sort of position it so that people realise that it's it, it's not about um, 
uh, it's not about elaborating or being, I'm trying to think what that word is when you, you talk about something bigger than what it is. Exaggerating, yes. that's the word I was yeah, looking exaggerating. for. Exaggerating. Yes, that's true. And so for some people, I imagine that they would have that connotation associated with that word or they have this kind of like perception that story is all about fantasy. Mm. It's one of the things that I do when I'm working with uh, the CEOs or leaders or teams is I encourage them to look at the ways that they share, that they start their story. And uh, one of the things that I always say is, for heaven's sake, do not start your story with once upon a time <laughs> because that will that will actually generate that, that idea that, oh, this is a fantasy, it's an exaggeration and it doesn't have any connection with what we're trying to do. Whereas if we use the word, you know, and I use the words interchangeably, if you use the word narrative, so a corporate narrative, so it's the corporate story, but narrative is perhaps something that people can more readily accept as part of the culture. So this is the corporate narrative that we're sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think more and more the idea of, of storytelling as a corporate strategy uh, is something that is becoming more accepted. And I use, I will often use the word strategic storytelling so that people understand that there is a purpose or purposeful storytelling. And people understand that there is a reason why you're sharing the story and that it's not about fantasy, it's not about exaggeration, it's actually about connecting to the why, to the purpose of both the organisation and the reason for sharing. So it's a great way of, um, I guess, metaphorically putting people in the picture, isn't it? Exactly. You know, it gets people listening and engaging. Like, think of team meetings. You know, team meetings can be some of the most unproductive kinds of uh, uh times for an organization whereas if you use storytelling in a strategic way to maybe share something that is changing in the organization or sharing data in a in an interesting way you know it gets people listening and putting away their phones mm. a really simple concept of you know what do you want your team or your audience because it's not just about teams but it's also about your clients you know what do you want them to think feel and do as a result of this purposeful story that you're sharing. And I think w what you said before about, um, you know, it creates a vision or a picture and, and I said um, putting people in the picture, you've only got to look at some of the images, like graphical images that go back through history and the impact that they have on people, um, you know, or events where, you know, um, Things like there was a, an image a photographer took during the Vietnam War of a little yes. girl, naked little girl yes. running away. And that's one of those pictures where anybody who, who has seen that picture knows what it's about or Tiananmen Square or, um, mm. you know, things like um, – Oh, well, anything along those lines. When when people can see an image and it connects with a vision, a story, and, and they see, you know, um, uh, one of our colleagues says, um, what's in it for me? You know, when I understand as an employee what's in it for me from this story and this vision, well, then I buy into that vision. And I guess that's what you see with a lot of um, socially responsible groups that are looking to do things like, um, uh, you know, 
collecting unused food from restaurants and redistributing it to the poor. You know, people mm. have a, a clear vision and a pa- passion and a purpose for where they're going and they understand the why. Exactly. And it's so important what you, you mentioned there about the visuals because if you can connect a story with the symbols or the, the visuals that go with that as well as the data, you have an entire a holistic approach to storytelling because storytelling is not just about the words. You need to be able to couple it with really compelling images. That's what helps makes the story stick. Mm. And you can then embed the data in that as well so that people actually, so then that creates the conversion. Mm. It, you know, it's not just about the language we're using. It's about the visuals that create the connection in someone's mind. They can put themselves in the picture. And that's what creates a what's in it for me. If your audience can see themselves in your story, your message will stick with them. Mm. So um, I'm guessing I'm stating the obvious, but are, are organisations buying this as, a, as an approach? You know, something like storytelling could be have a perception of fluffiness. Mm. How, how exactly you know. does it add value? <laughs> how exactly does it add value? Or you know, when you go and talk to um, executives and and discuss this, uh, and talk about you know corporate storytelling, you know, how, how's that positioned, and and how do you position it as as adding value? Well, of course, a huge part of what is needed in organisations is good quality leadership you know that's a massive part of it and the interesting thing now is and I think it was a a Harvard review of just a few years ago is that storytelling is now seen as one of the key skills that leaders need to build and the reason for that is that storytelling creates empathy and empathy is now one of these emotional intelligence skills that leaders absolutely need to be able to demonstrate and so more and more people are looking at you know leaders and teams and organizations are looking for something that cuts through all of the other noise you know because there's so much that we are captured by now on social media there's so many different ways that we can access information about a company before we make a buying decision but the thing that helps us make that decision is in fact our emotional connection to that company if a company can show me how they can make a difference in my in my life and give me some examples of that and that of course is where storytelling strategic storytelling comes in i can see myself in that picture i can go wow they've done this for other people maybe they can help me with my problem and for leaders to be able to communicate that they need to be able to tap into that art of storytelling and believe me it is an art and there's also now so much more science behind the the art of storytelling we are beginning to see there's a lot more uh, research being done into how our brains respond to storytelling and there are you know aristotle talks about the three keys of influence which is pathos ethos and logos and so logos is about the essentially the logic that's underpinning the story ethos is around our credibility And then the pathos is the emotional connection. Now, if you only share the logical element, you miss out on that emotional connection and you miss out on being able to connect with credibility. And that's what leaders need to 
basically embody, they need to be able to embody all of those different elements. And storytelling is the thing that actually is the conduit for that. You know, um, we have so many different ways that we can market ourselves. If we can tell a really good story that embodies the principles of our organisation and our values and shows our clients or our audiences how we add value and why this is important, we've essentially nailed our corporate communication. So, yes, organisations are buying it because they're seeing the value of being able to create a deeper connection to their prospects, to their audience, to their clients and to their teams. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, it, in the past, a lot of corporate speakers been very ivory tower sort of stuff. And I mm. think, you know, rather than just pushing the messages down, um, leaders are looking for different ways to engage with people, uh, not only internally, but externally. And, and they need to be aware of the different ways in pe- that people learn. And that's where painting a picture through storytelling uh, is so much easier because, Anybody can relate to a, a story if if you make the context relevant to them. Exactly. And that is a very important uh, point is that the context, it needs to be relevant. And I think that's where some people struggle with story because they think, oh, I'll just tell a story about, you know, what I did on the weekend with my dog. Mm-hmm. And it has absolutely no relevance to the audience. And so then they think, oh, well, storytelling doesn't work. Whereas if a leader goes into a team meeting and they need the team to engage in um, a shift in something that's happening in the organisation, and if they tell a story from perhaps when they were first, you know, when they went into their first management role and some of the challenges they faced that relate and resonate to the context of what it is that they're trying to uh, to engage the team with, then the team kind of go, oh, oh, I see what you're talking about. I understand that now and I understand why this is important. So it creates, as I said earlier, it creates that kind of conduit for the message and helps it a- anchor it then in the culture of the organisation. Mm, mm. Very interesting. So, Simone, how or what sort of things are, are corporates utilising your skills to help you with, help them with? Like, is it sales teams? You mentioned uh, executives. So, what sort of things are they utilising storytelling skills for, or how well, to help them? Yeah. So, well, it it works from you know the the it can work from for the CEO to the person who looks after first impressions or the marketing team or sales teams. It can work in pretty much every aspect of the organisation. For instance, I'm working with an organisation at the moment. Now, they have a product that is now an essential, government essential requirement So, it uh, for new house builds. And I'm working with the CEO on their specific storytelling around not the product specifically but around the culture of why this is now important for new homeowners. So he has stories that he needs to be able to share and he's quite a good storyteller but he needs it to be refined so that it creates greater connection engagement with not just the whole team but also with all of their clients. 
I'm also then working with the individuals within the sales teams to help them finesse their storytelling so that it's not just about here's our product, this is why you should be using it, as opposed to this is why it saves lives. Mm. So, you know, that creates a really deeply personal connection with their clients because it improves the quality of their life and it provides security, you know. And if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that's a really basic one. Our personal security is absolutely paramount to us. So being able to create a story around that personal security is essential for their prospects. And then there's other people within the team who are not necessarily client-facing but need to be able to drive the marketing within the team. So storytelling, strategic storytelling, strategic corporate narrative is essential in every level of that particular organisation in order for them to be able to bring their product to the market in a way that's innovative and creates interest and intrigue and it helps people to see the why, the purpose behind uh, this particular government initiative. Mm, interesting. So, so what are some things our listeners could do to utilise storytelling to increase their own or their own or maybe their team productivity? Well, the, I suppose the core of that is understanding why. You know, it's the purpose-driven story. If we understand why we're doing something, we connect to the meaning-making within our own organisation. You know, so whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a big organisation or a small team, if you understand the why of using story, so the purpose of using story, you can create more cut-throughs. So you can create a better engagement and that in itself can lead to you being more productive. Understanding the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. It's also great for being able to share the impact of what it is that we do. You know, so often we know that we've got something really profound to share, but we're not quite sure how to talk about it. So storytelling is a great way to be able to share the impact of what it is that we do, whether it's within our teams or an organisation or in the case of an elevator pitch. You know, having a really succinct and well-crafted elevator pitch is something that we, you know, we tend to forget about until we're put on the spot in a networking meeting or we're about to do a pitch for something and we think, well, what is it that I really do? How do I make a difference? Getting really clear on that makes you more productive because you spend less time worrying about what it is that you do and getting on with doing what you do. So just to, as you were saying all of that, that makes perfect sense. So understanding the purpose uh, of a story uh, and I guess it depends on what your role is. If you're in a sales role, the purpose of your story might be to share an example to um, aid a prospect in understanding uh, you know, how this product might benefit them because it's benefited somebody else who was, was similar to them. Or exactly. It, or it might be um, an executive uh, that you're coaching who you know, is wanting to impart um, the vision or the mission of the strategy for the organisation for the next 12 to 18 months. Yes. Do you, um, the second thing I thought about there was, um, do you encourage uh, those that you work with to uh, keep some sort of journal or record prospective stories? 
Yes, absolutely. Every time I work with anyone, whether I work in whether it's a workshop I'm facilitating or a one-on-one coaching session that I run, I always encourage people to start a story journal. You know, the thing about stories is that we have literally thousands of stories from our lived experience. And if we start to capture them, we then have access to stories that we think, oh, wow, that's a perfect story for this scenario. And you can do it really simply. Um, I use uh, something as simple as the five W's, which is who, what, why, where, and when. So the the where and the when essentially gives your story a time and place. So if you just put the date and the time when these things happened, you know, in the year, and then you do the, um, you know, what happened. So a couple of bullet points for essentially what is the plot of the story. You And then you also want to include, like, who are the characters in the story? Is it just yourself? Did something happen to you that created an aha moment and you think, oh, wow, I wish I'd known that before and I can see now how this might relate to something that my clients are going through at the moment? Or it could be a relationship. So essentially our stories come out of relationships or events, something that's happened to us or we've been part of or a relationship that we've had with someone or a team or an organisation or, you know, a, a, a bigger group of people and that's where our stories essentially reside. So if you do the five Ws in a story journal, you can capture all of the relevant pieces of information and in the plot points you can say, well, this is the beginning of the story, this is the middle, this is what happened, this is the shift that happened, so what was the turning point, and this is the outcome that was created as a result of this particular series of events or the steps. And, you know, something that people forget is that every story must have some kind of a climax. So (laughs) they'll often tell us the beginning of it, and I've seen this happen over and over again, you know, well, people say, well, this is what happened, and then they'll jump straight to the end and say, and this is where we ended up. But they don't give you the, the little meaty bit in the middle, which is these are the steps I took that created the shift, that created that turning point and made everything else that followed a natural flow of events. Mm. Wow. Wow, Simone, some amazing insights. I particularly love that idea of the story journal because often when we need to come up with stories, you're up against it. You're on a deadline and it can be really hard when you're under pressure to try and think about some of those things. So, yeah, um, you know, exactly. that was an uh, you know amazing conversation. If, if some of our listeners want to get in contact with you, because you're based in Queensland in Australia and um, I believe you have a range of workshops and programs as well as coaching Yes, exactly. So if people want to reach out to me, they can email me and find out more about my purposeful storytelling for leaders and teams. Uh, They can contact me by email, simone at thespeakersdirector.com or visit my website, www.thespeakersdirector.com or call me on my mobile. I'm always happy to have a chat and that is 0412 674 535. Love to have a chat to people about 
how corporate narrative and strategic corporate storytelling can help their organisation to grow and change. Fantastic. Simone, thanks so much for sharing your expertise on how we can use storytelling to increase our own and our organisational productivity. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this Expert Insights show. For more information on our services, visit the three W's, donnahanson.com.au or the three W's, prime solutions with an s at the end.net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hanson helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Expert Insights Show. If you've enjoyed the show, why not subscribe via the podcast page on www.donnahanson.com.au or through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn or Stitcher. Until next time, as Donna says, don't forget to work smarter and not harder with technology.